so Scotty and I, we did come here. Um, you guys didn't know us. We were given the opportunity to come here by a pastor that you guys do know, which is Lynn Furrow. And um, he was asked to um, host us by a pastor in Iowa, which he was friends with. And that was when we first stepped out on the road by ourselves after being in ministry for a few years with another crew in RVs traveling this country. And prior to that, the Lord had called us here. I, th I think it was an audible voice of the Lord. Scott might say different, but we both felt the Lord spoke to us exactly the same word at exactly the same time um, in a position that we were in in our lives. And we came together less than 10 hours later and said, are you hearing what I'm hearing? And it was go back to America with no more direction than that. And that was about 13, 12 years ago. So it's been eight years since we've been back as a family. Our son is in Southern California with his grandparents. Our daughter is still in Australia um, as an adult, living an adult life now. And, and so we're blessed to be back. We're so blessed to be back. We love this church. We love this area. If we weren't water people, we probably would have ended up here, and Eric and Karen would have been stuck with us. And <laughs> we just love what you guys have. I don't know if you guys all realize how amazing it is how amazing um, and saturated your region is with the Holy Spirit and how sweet the presence of the Lord is and how awesome your church is and how incredible your leaders are and in incredible you all are. Um, we, we don't know that about ourselves when people come to edify us and we can't always recognize where we're at, but I just want to speak that over you. I want to declare that over you that each one of you individually is amazing in the Lord each one of you has a call of God upon your lives. Each one of you are called. We are called, every one of us. Every one of us. We believe that the word says um, that where it talks about um, being called and choosing, that we actually have to choose, you know, that we're, we are all chosen. We are all chosen. If Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his Father, interceding on our behalf, and, and God is the miraculous creator, then why would he selectively say um, that Ashley's called and Mike's not? What's the point in that if he's our daddy? You know, then that means that we're not equal. And aren't we equal in Christ? We're all equal. This is a church where your titles and your roles are not hierarchy above one or the other. This is a church where you're in the playing field together. You're like a, a football field or a baseball field of, um, of people that are rising up, the nameless and faceless generation of Christ, crawling the hills and the valleys together and walking through the journey together, regardless of what you look like, what your name is, what your title is, what shirt you're wearing, what you have, what you don't have. Because the army of God is what moves mountains. The one apostle or the one prophet or the one pastor or whatever, the one person can't do it themselves. They can choose to overcome themselves, and that might be what they do, but they do it much more easily with the body of Christ rising with them and taking it, taking it with them, taking authority with them, believing in them, being agents of change together. So I just declare over you guys right now that we're just not agents of change, that you are all agents of change. You are all agents of change in your world. Whatever you're called to do. The, the last eight years have been an interesting ride. You know, they see this, th there's these seasons of the seven years in the world and in the Bible and in the Jewish calendar and what have you. And we've definitely been on the journey of, of joy and doubt and um, amazing times and building incredible testimonies in our marriage and with our children and um, having to work, having to minister, having to do whatever God's called us to do. But through the journey, we've become closer to God. And that was our choice. We chose to stay in the storm. We chose to stay. 
Because in the storm, we have to stare at the face of adversity and laugh. And even though we might not have the joy of the Lord or the joy of our humanness that comes forth to actually laugh in the face of it, our spirit can do it for us. Our spirit can rise up because our spirit remembers Jesus dying on the cross. Our head doesn't. So if we're supposed to have the full revelation of what Jesus did for us on the cross, then how can we do that? We weren't there, but our spirit was because our spirit is Jesus, right? And if Jesus died and on the earth he carried every single thing that the Lord has to offer, then don't you all have that inside of you? Every single one of you has everything that Jesus has. It's not limited to one thing. You might operate in one thing more freely and more abundantly, but you have everything. So don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Even in your weakest moment, even in your weakest times, my weakest times was when the Lord has birthed the most amazing miracles out of me, whether it's for personal or for others. The women's ministry that, um, that we've been running for four years birthed out of one of the weakest physical, mental times in my life where I had absolutely nothing to give. I had no energy. I was physically worn out. If you've been at the last meetings, you've heard me say I went through a season of sickness. This was this the beginning of the season of sickness. It was probably coming off a, a hormonal change and the, a little bit of a burnout with um, having to do too much in ministry, but I made the choice to take that on. It was my own fault. But at, at the worst time, at the worst, most physical, exhausting time, the Lord gave me the most beautiful vision. And he was calling me to something greater. And I was like, Lord, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I can't even get up off the couch. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I'm so, war I'm so weak. Everything in my reserve tank is on maximum capacity. And I even went to a doctor who asked me to bring my husband in so that she could explain to him, to him um, your, your wife's body is physically so drained that she can barely do what she needs to do from one day to another. You just need to understand that. Because I couldn't explain it the way she could. You know, and, and I was just drawn. I was done. You know, and I, but my spirit was so alive. God was guiding me which books to read. God was telling me what things to do. He was showing me things that he was just killing off inside of me that were physical issues and strongholds. And, and you know, I had done everything I knew how to do in my brain. You know, dealing with any bitter roots in my life, dealing with any pain, even flown back to, you know, houses and locations where I went through difficulties as a child and spent money to get rid of m the junk in me. Done everything I knew how to do, but I was still weary. And so I just want to share that vision, vision of what that is and, and help, hope that it encourages you. And Scotty wants to share, um, share off the back of that. And, and the vision was really for a women's ministry, but I've come to recognize that it's for everyone. And it was about climbing the ladder with the Lord. For me, on that individual day, um, it was about me recognizing that if I didn't fulfill the call of God upon my life, my husband couldn't do it properly either. I was waiting I was waiting and waiting and waiting for him to go somewhere that I didn't have the ability to go. And that was part of what was making me sick. I was waiting. I was stuck. I couldn't move forward. I didn't know how. And it was like every time I was trying to connect or trying to move forward, I was hitting a rooftop. It would be like I was constantly hitting the rooftop, whether it was a job or it was a, a, a meeting or whether it was ministry or raising the children, whatever it was. I just kept hitting this blockage, you know, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so the Lord showed me climbing a ladder, and it was like a wooden kind of bamboo-ish kind of ladder. Those are real popular in Australia, like the bamboo um, uh, from, from Bali. Yeah, we're influenced by Bali. Um, and it, I was climbing the ladder, and I, it was like I wanted to keep looking down, you know, because when you're climbing a ladder, you're going up. 
and my view is always equal, equality, we're all equal. <laughs> and so I'm like, God, I'm, I can't go up without him. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And that was me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But he was saying, if you don't go, he can't come up. And so what was taking place was that I was climbing this ladder, and as soon as I was taking each step, he was coming up one above me. In the spiritual realm, every time I took a step forward, he was then taking a step forward above me. And it brought us to a place of then climbing the ladder together. And I had to go to women in our region and who were suppressed for different reasons and say, hey, if you don't go, your husband can't follow. And they're like, but I can't go leading my husband. I'm like, but no, it's about equality. If you go and you answer the call of God upon your life, he'll come too. But it's equal. It's the same for husbands. It's the same for singles. It's the same for individuals. you got to climb the ladder. And as you actually go, you bring people with you. It just happens. It's a natural thing. It's a humanistic thing. And it's a spiritual thing. You know, it's like taking your shoes off, stepping in the water. It's not always nice. Sometimes I get in the water at home and it's freezing. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a silk when it comes to getting in the cold water in the heat of the summer. But I know it's good for me. I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my circulation. I know it's going to change things in my atmosphere. And so as we climb this ladder towards heaven and as we go further in the Lord, as we answer the individual call upon our lives, no matter what fashion it's in within a family dynamic, people will follow. And you will then have this army rising, this nameless and faceless generation of people rising with you. And you're walking forward with your shoes off, wearing clothes you never wore before. And your head is just full of tons of revelation. And you're all like looking around going, how the heck did this happen? You know, that's you guys. That's you guys. That's your five-year-old um, dancing around in worship, in family worship, who's going somewhere. And you look at them and you're like, wow, they're so free. I want to be like that. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself moving in a way you haven't moved in a long time. Like staying at the Hanses has been wonderful. And we've been just mouthing off old songs that are from our generation. And we're all dancing in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, I forgot how to dance. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> and they're all pulling these cool moves. And I'm like, I can't even think about how to do that anymore. <laughs> but it didn't matter because it was bringing in freedom, you know, like, there's a lot of amazing mentoring in this church, and, and the mentoring needs to be cross-figure. You know, you have this beautiful man sitting up the back named Gary, and, and I came in this morning, and Scotty and I both recognized him, but we didn't know. You know, when you travel a lot, you recognize a lot of people, but you also recognize people in spirit. And when I went back to go to the bathroom, he came up and gave me the most beautiful hug. And then I gave him another hug back because I wanted more of that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, to be mentored by this man. You know, like your mentoring is cross-figure. You're going to learn from the five-year-olds, you know, and you're going to learn from the 70-year-olds. The but the one thing that I see that you guys have got something in your foundation that's so beautiful is honor. You know how to honor. And I really believe that's part of why there's a blessing on this church. I never have ever heard any one of the people that I've spoken to here speak a negative word over another one in the congregation. And we've been here, I think, three times now. And, and uh, an honor that goes to Lynn Furrow, who was involved in the planting of the church. Yes? Okay. The honor, you know. Just honor, 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 honor. That is so biblical. Even when you don't feel it's due. Even when you don't feel it's due. And sometimes that honor has to go to the five-year-old from a 40-year-old. You know, we live in an age where there's a bit of like, I deserve respect without giving it. 
It's all about me. Selfie, selfie, selfie. You know, I deserve respect. But you've got to learn to give respect first. But still honoring, you know, honoring parents. Part of our journey when we were back was the fact that Scotty's dad passed away from cancer. And um, we had no idea what to do when it first started. They lived six hours drive away from us. And we had just settled back in the country. And we thought, oh, no, Lord, are we moving again? We've only just settled the kids after three or four months. This is a hard thing. But the word that the Lord gave us was honor your parents. Honor your parents. And as we just honored them, everything fell into place. We didn't actually have to move. We just had to spend a lot of time down there. And we were making next to nothing financially. But it didn't matter because God kept blessing us because we were honoring our parents. I think we were bringing in like $400 a week on a regular basis, and our rent was just a little bit under that. But somehow everything just kept happening because we kept leaving town. We just kept leaving town. It was like every two weeks we were off in the car again for another five days. There was no maintenance in a normal job, and God just took care of it because we honored them, you know. So I want to encourage you guys in that honor. You're doing it right, and I'm sure those things can be changed and tweaked, but listen to that. Listen to Pastor Eric and Karen on that. Listen to the people that are alongside you that are sitting with you and and I really feel today that at the end of what we're speaking about, there's going to be an activation in this atmosphere. Um, the Lord's been giving me words about your region and cleaning up this region. And I'm going to submit those to Pastor Eric, and I've shared them with Shelley, and I think they'll come out at the appropriate time. And one of the things about words that God gives you is that you've got to be released at the right time, otherwise you don't have the fullness of them. You know, and so when you're prophesying or when you're releasing a word of knowledge, you've got to sit on the timing sometimes, and other times you just got to give it because you might never have a chance to give it again, you know. But there's something really bubbling up in this region. I've been saying to Gage, there's an undercurrent of the drumbeat, and did you feel it kick in? Yeah, it kicked in during worship. And it wasn't, I kept saying to him, it's like a tribal thing, but it's not a tribal sound, you know, it just kicked in. Tom started going off on the on his instrument, and then Gage kicked in, and, and I looked at Gage, and we kind of connected eye kind of, yeah, that's it, that's the undercurrent, that's the sound of the undercurrent in your region, there's an undercurrent brewing, there's an undercurrent moving, and Tina was kicking into it in the, in the tongue, and the, 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 the description of the tongue, and so be encouraged, you're in the middle of this country, you got some power to release so much across the entire nation, it's amazing, you have authority, you have authority in this region. You own the atmosphere of this region no matter where you are. And uh, from what I hear, it sounds like many of you live 20, 30, 45 minutes away, you know, which is normal when you live in the suburbs of a city. But that means you've got authority in an entire sphere. It's not just here. Where you go, you take that with you. So own your atmosphere. Own the atmosphere of the call of God upon your life. feel like I need to get saved or something. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> Otherwise, your wife will bless you. <laughs> yeah. What's that scripture about, you know, uh, seeing through rose-colored glasses or something? No, that's my interpretation anyway. <laughs> that's a country song. All right. Step into the river. <laughs> Billy Bob Mike. <laughs> but like Dina was saying, you know, um, 
we shared the other night that um you know when we when we come back here it just feels like you know we're amongst the family again and you know it's a special thing that you guys have and you know when we when we're in an environment um it's like you know familiarity can breed contempt and uh, you know when you get familiar with something you don't always realize what you have but you know and sometimes it takes stepping back to see what it is that you have and you know i'm i'm sure um your leaders have probably said at different times hey go out and have a look at um other churches you know go and visit other parts of the body of christ see how it's done you know um so you can come back and you realize you know what you have you know that that was good what you were sharing tina about um just where we where we step out into the unknown in australia we have like dina was saying um we live about three blocks from the beach um so from about here to the sound desk if we walk out our back door we um we live on a canal so it's a tidal canal joins up to the ocean about three kilometers away not sure what that is in miles but you can work it out so we walk out the back door and we've got a little sand our own little sandy beach white sand and you know a lot of the time i take my surf ski and i paddle down to the the river mouth where the ocean meets and sometimes i go out into the ocean and paddle for about 15 kilometers down the track and um just to try and stay in shape i know round as a shape <laughs> 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 but if i go three blocks to the towards the east is the beach you know with the breaking waves and the, the ocean and that you know that's a lot rougher and <laughs> hey it's a rough life yeah but you know someone's got to be called to these areas <laughs> so we're obedient to the lord when he said to go back to australia we said yes lord we'll go back to the gold coast where it's warm and you know you guys i'm, I'm convinced you guys like it cold here because my hands are freezing right now <laughs> There's like this little airlock between your foyer and the car park. And I'm like standing there going, oh, the temperature's so good. feel like I'm thawing out a bit. <laughs> I just stay in there. It's like the oven, you know. But, you know, when you go, uh, c can you put that, do you have like a, um, a video of like, uh, you had like that river? type of thing with the little trickling waves do you have something like with the ocean maybe we'll have a look back there anyway you can put that up if you want if you find something like that we'll just put that other one back up but you know when you um see that look at that that just reminds me of our backyard just want to dive into that <laughs> But when you go to, to the beach, which is just three blocks to the east of where we live, there's soft sand from about, oh, probably here out to um, Chris's truck out in the car park. That's how far the sand goes before you get to the, to the water, or as you guys say, to the water. <laughs> so before you get to the water, 
there's really deep, soft sand about this deep, and it and it's hard to walk on. You know, it's like um, our local uh, rugby league team. They they go down to the beach and they train in the soft sand, and there's um, there's a couple of areas um, along the coastline. There's one called um, Mermaid Beach. I've never seen mermaids. I don't know why they called it that. But there's they have like these little sand hills that they run up in the soft sand, and it, it's hard going. And these guys, you know, because they they got to run for eighty minutes without ads in the football over there. You know, there's no Budweiser, King of Beers. You know, <laughs> it's like you see those ads on the you know when you watch a, a boxing match or something. It's like Budweiser, King of Beers. You know. To the thousands or millions watching um, on on TV, and to the thousands in attendance, you know, it's like that. You know, the the uh, the ring guy, whatever his name is, Jimmy Buffett or something. Michael Buffer, not Jimmy Buffett. He's a singer, isn't he? <laughs> in the red corner, weighing in at three hundred and fifty-five pounds, with a professional record of five and zero, oh, hailing from Memphis, Tennessee. Mike Brown. Brown. They just seem to throw that in the air. Uh, so anyway, getting back to the soft sand. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I got off the sand for a minute. <laughs> so the soft sand, you know, they tr these guys train in it and they run because they've got to run for 80 minutes during a game and they're these guys are fit and they're strong. But, you know, it's a struggle. I don't know if you've been... You guys go to Florida, you get in the soft sand and it's like you got to take your thongs off or your, your flip-flops. <laughs> Sorry, I know thongs and flip-flops here are a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> we wear thongs on our feet. <laughs> Easy to walk in, except when you're on the sand. Oh, look at that. That looks like the Gold Coast. It is the Gold Coast. Oh, so we live about... Down here. <laughs> you can see our place just there. Got some friends that live just in behind that building there. See that place there? Yeah, that is cool. So that's where we live. That's the... That's so the soft sand that they're running on, this bit of sand here from here to here is the soft, hard sand. Sorry, just the soft sand that's hard to run in. So that's a, that's a great picture when you get to this sand here. And, you know, I see this picture as like, uh, this is like the area where we're walking in the flesh in our life. And it's hard going. And it, the soft sand is like, you know, sometimes you get to the point where you just got to take your shoes off and you, you're just struggling to get through that sand and it's hard. You know, and the further you walk down the beach, you get to this stuff here and it's a little bit easier to walk in. And then when you get down to this area here, along the beach where the, where the water meets the sand, you can stand there and as the waves wash over your, your feet and over your legs, it's like you start to sink into the sand. 
That's all right. You've got to keep going. As you get into the knee-deep water here, that sinking sand feeling starts to go and you start to walk a bit quicker. In knee-deep water, that's the other place the exercise is in the knee-deep water because there's a bit of resistance there, but you've got a firm base. So you just keep going into that the next level. You probably sit, have you heard of um, rip currents? Yeah, we call them rips. So if you get caught in a rip, you get taken out further. And you know, a lot of people when they, when they get caught in the rip, they panic. They go, oh no, I've lost my footing. I'm going to die. I'm going to drown. I'm caught in the rip. And the way rips form is when you get... You get this um, heavier waves breaking back here. And what happens is you get a lot of water flowing this way towards the shore. So then as the tide goes out, there's these sandbanks that form and you can see the areas in here and this is what they this is what the t they teach the kids in school about water safety because because we live on the coastline <coughs> most of our life is spent by the water or in the water swimming that's why Australia has so many good swimmers and you know athletes that do surf skiing and knee boards and all this sort of stuff so as the as the wave breaks and it, and the tide starts to go out there's like these little sand banks that form and you can see the area where the, the wave's not breaking here this is like a deeper section of water through here so what happens is the the wave comes in uh, and it comes around this way and because there's a deep section here where there's no sandbank, so people will be swimming this side of the rip and this side of the rip, not realizing that there's strong currents going this way out here. So what happens is the, the water comes in here and as this sandbank forms here and here, as the tide goes out, the water has to get out somewhere. So it comes out through here. And if you get off the sandbank and you realise, oh, I'm being taken out to sea. So you go out through here. But see, what people don't realise is when the rip forms like that, what it does is it'll pull you out here, but it dumps you on the, basically it stops here. So as you come out this deep section of water here, you just just spit you out to the side here and you can actually stand up again. And that's what they teach our kids in school in Australia. But, see, and it's like that in our life. You know, it's like we, we're in the hard sand and we're walking along, we're in the flesh. And, you know, we're crying out to God and say, saying, oh, you know, I want this to change in my life. This, this is such a struggle. Why has it always happened to me? Why is all this, you know, why has all this stuff happened to me? 
I'll never be any good at this. I'll never be any good at that. And it's because we're walking in the soft sand. We've, we've failed to be obedient to God and just gone deeper, gone deeper into him. Not realizing that, you know, even as we get sucked into that rip, that it'll just spit us out at the back and everything's fine. You know, they say if you ever get caught in a rip, swim sideways. Instead of trying to swim against it, that's when people panic. And, you know, they get tired and they're like, oh, can't do this. You know, putting their hand up, wanting to get saved. My shirt that I got in Australia just for this mission trip is this guy flat on his face. And it says on the back of my shirt, new visibility. That's what we're to have is that new visibility where in our heart we surrender. Because in our heart when we surrender, like the guy that's flat on his face, he's in a prostrate position. I said prostate the other day. <laughs> kind of has a little bit different swing to it, you know. I'm in a prostate position. <laughs> See, my son is a surfer. He's he's up at four thirty, four o'clock on a, in the summer, when it's light. He's up early and he's surfing every morning. As it's got colder in Australia, because we're in our winter now. Um, spoke with our daughter last night when we got home, and she said, "Oh, Dad, it's so cold here. It's probably you know as cold as it is in here." <coughs> middle of winter it's terrible what we got to endure <laughs> when God calls you to go somewhere <laughs> if I'd known it was going to be this cold I would have brought a scarf and a jacket <laughs> and a jumper or something but my son gets up early in the morning and he goes surfing down to this beach down here it's called Palm Beach see that one there Palm Beach so he actually uses the the rip to his advantage so see surfers they'll look for where the rip is and they'll go oh there's an easy spot to get out so they'll paddle into the rip straight out the back and then they'll paddle off to the side and they'll get the waves that are breaking either side of the bank you know and that's what that's what I believe God's calling us to do in this in this hour is to find the rip. Find where it, you know, the flow of the spirit is. And sometimes you've got to step off that bank to the left or the right to realize where it is. You know, we were um we had a holiday in Bali last year and my son and I were just, you know, body surfing and we noticed this lady was in a rip. And, you know, you, you train your eye to see where these rips are along the beach so that you swim in a safe area. But this lady, I think she was Italian or something, and she was probably on holidays there and had no clue about the ocean. And, you know, we have some pretty um, rough surf in, a, in Australia and, um, you know, a lot of rips on the beach when there's heavier waves and stuff. And we have a lot of, um, because we're, heavily influenced by the Asian culture because we're so close to Asia 
we have a lot of Japanese people come and holiday on our coast and they're not familiar. A lot of them don't know how to swim. So they get in the water, the water, <coughs> and they get caught in these rip currents and we have a lot of drownings right up right up and down the east coast of Australia because they don't know they don't know how to deal with the water or the, the conditions. You know, and we're 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 conditioned because that's what we're used to. That's our life. You know, our kids grow up knowing this stuff. But what does it take for us just to find that to find that wave where we'll be taken with it? Didn't know you played trumpet, Mike. Every time. Don't bleed. <laughs> Only when. Oh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I wonder why Mike had a plug in his nose yesterday. <laughs> There's another story about that. <laughs> huh? Chris was telling me about um, how there's a, a witch in the city that goes and finds the highest point in the city. This I'm not sure where it was, he said, but um, it's an area that's like the, the highest level above sea. What's that? Muta County has the highest point above sea level. So, you know, a lot of these... Um, People in the occult and stuff, they, I don't know whether they think that, um, you know, to get to the highest point, they'll be, they'll be more connected or something. I'll have better Wi-Fi or whatever it is. But there's this lady that goes and prays. She's a witch, goes and prays um, in this area over the city and over the county and um, obviously, you know, puts curses over the area. And... Um, I want to challenge you guys to find that place. Go there and pray. There's a um I I heard a um there was a witch that um used to travel in the spiritual realm. Um what do they call it? I know in Christian circles we call it transporting or time travel. So this witch used to go um, in the spirit, whether, you know, vision or dreams, and this witch, he would go to different um, countries, different neighbourhoods where he knew there was darkness. And there was this one place he travelled to in the spirit where he got to this neighbourhood where he was told to go, obviously by the demons, and they... Um, he got to this place and saw Christians holding hands on on this uh, corner of these two roads in this dark neighbourhood, and these Christians were obviously had gone there to, you know, pray into the area. And he said that when I got to that area, he said I knew that there was nothing I could do because the Christians were in agreement. You know, and I and I see 
for this body of believers right here that we are to make a difference in the atmosphere. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you, then, you know, we're, there's limitless possibilities of where we can go and what we do. If you just realize what's inside of us, just realize what's inside of us, what we have, how our words can change an atmosphere, how our words can change people's lives. You know, we've been sharing over this whole weekend about the power of our words. And, the, you know, the Bible says that uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we read in um, Genesis where God said, let there be light. And if you go through the, the right in Genesis 1, it, it shares about how God spoke and God said and God said, let there be light, let there be, um, you know, plants and trees and, you know, fish in the sea and every living animal that he created just by speaking out. All there was was darkness and there was a void, the Bible says, over the earth. There was nothing. There was nothing there. But as he spoke, as God spoke into that void, as he spoke into that darkness... He created something for us to live in and we can create something by our words that we're then committed to live in. So if we realize then what's inside of us, what we're creating around us, you know, I shared the other night about um, when, when I um, got this position in this job back in Australia, it was a government job that I was working in. And the guy that they put as my mentor in the job, um, later I found out as I got to know him, and we became really good friends. And, you know, we, we shared so much stuff together. And I found out this guy was a white witch. And, you know, it's funny how God sets stuff up like that in our lives. Like, you know, in the natural, he's my mentor. And, you know, but this guy ended up looking to me and in a crisis in his life, he rang me up one day and he said, he said, my wife just, just died. And I was the first one that he called. And, you know, I was sharing about how uh, we went to the funeral and at the, <coughs> I want to say after party, but it's not really a after party. It's, I think they call it a wake or something. Do they call it the same here? Awake, yep, <coughs> where, you know, they had food on and we go into this house and there's, there's all these witches sitting around at this table and eating food and in this house there's all sorts of weird things I've never seen before. And I realise that as I'm walking into that place, I'm taking the Spirit of God in, a, in amongst those guys and girls. And I thought, man, what an opportunity, God, you've given me just to be able to share the love of God and the power of God. And there was a lady sitting on the table eating food and I, I see out the corner of my eye, she just kept staring. And I thought maybe I got food on my face or something. <laughs> but I walked over towards her and 
and she looked at me and she said, I feel like I've met you before. And I'm looking at her thinking, I don't know you from a bar of soap. <coughs> don't know you from Adam. <laughs> and she said to me, oh, maybe, um, maybe you've been in one of my rituals before. And I go, yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> Thinking, you know, I'd never be a part of your rituals, but I just, you know, said that just to sort of, you know, I didn't want to be like the, you know, the over-spiritual Christian and go, oh, no, sister, I go to church. I would never be part of anything like that. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, and, it, and I was sh like I was sharing the other night, it's God gives us a... Um, it's like a stealth mode that, you know, we've called a ministry um, under the radar ministry because it's, it's like if you're in the sp you're special ops or something, you know, you're not going to go and go, hey, special ops, we're here, you know, going into Afghanistan. Hey, you know, blasting on the horn in the helicopter as you come in. You know, yeah, special ops, we're the ones that are going to solve this problem. You know, but we've had that sort of mentality in Christianity. It's like, yep, Christians are here. We'll solve it. It'll be right. It's all good now. <laughs> so this woman says, yeah, maybe uh, maybe you were part of one of our rituals or something. I said, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was that, you know. Then after that, they, they invited us to go. Um, they said, oh, my mate Johnny said, um, do you want to come down to the circle? And I'm like, yeah, sounds like fun. So we go down to the circle and, you know, all these witches and warlocks and stuff, they hold hands and I'm standing in the circle and I'm thinking, cool, releasing the power of God. And I'm standing next to this girl holding a hand and they start to do this thing around the circle you know, like ring-a-ring-a-rosy, pocket full of posies. Start walking around the circle. And uh, we each had a rose. And they said, I'm like, well, what do we do with the rose? And they go, just place it on the, it was like this circle. And there was like all rocks, like a little rock wall about this high. And they said, you know, just place the rose anywhere you feel in the circle. Just as a, just like out of respect to Chris, Johnny's wife. I thought, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? You know, I'm here to support my friend. Didn't mean anything to me that we're in a circle and holding hands with a bunch of witches and warlocks. I'm like, that's a great opportunity for me. So, you know, we did that and this, this girl beside me goes, oh, you just have such a pleasant light about you. <laughs> So I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I just release your anointing to this person on my left and this person on my right. You know, again, if we realize the power of what's inside of us, you know, the power of God that created the universe, that put the stars into place, that set the planets and the stars and the sun and the moon, set all that up, you know, and we were so privileged that he decided he'd come and dwell inside of us. What an honor that is. But because we have that, 
man, what can we do with that? You know, and I saw like as Chris was sharing about, you know, this woman going out and praying curses over the city. Imagine if we went to that hill. I I said to Chris, find out where it is and we'll go and pray up there. Find out when she goes up there and we'll go along there as well. We'll go and pray over the city, over the county. That'd be awesome. And, you know, as you're consciously releasing the power of God through your prayers, what's the Bible say about when we, when we pray? Prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What could we declare over this area? What atmosphere could we create here just by going? You know, we'll, we'll leave here Monday morning. We fly back to California and we have a big drive ahead of us. We're heading up to Oregon and um, heading up to Bethel for a bit and Madeira, Northern California to have some more meetings. But as we go, all we can leave with you is the seed all we can leave with you is encouragement and love and I, in some ways i'd just rather stay here with you guys this seriously like you know you might think oh you probably say that every place you go but we don't we just we just share what's what's on our heart you know if we came here and um like the bible says when the disciples were going out, Jesus said, if they accept you in, you know, then bless that household. If they don't, then just dust your shoes off or your sandals and go to the next place. You know, but you guys have taken us in like family and and we just really love you guys. And just, you're such a part of our heart. You know, when, when um, people would ask us in, in Australia, What's the best part of America you've been to? We'd always say Indiana. You know, and I was sharing the other night, it wasn't because of the cornfields and the soybeans and the guns and big trucks. Hillbillies. It wasn't because of any of the stuff that's, you know, in the city, but it was just because of you guys and your heart. She likes the big trucks. I just want to honor your house and recognizing the time. Because, you know, whenever you go somewhere and you share, you, you could always say a lot. And we recognize that you are a family church and that you have children in children's ministry and you have people that are in there serving and we don't want to max them out. So I just want to help Scotty switch gears here and, um, and just say one thing about... Um, you know when my husband goes and does these things like this funeral that he went to it freaks me out sometimes but I also recognize the impact that he has on that on Johnny who is the nicest guy I mean it was almost like God didn't even let us see for a while what he was operating in because I don't think he actually operates in it as much as he thinks he does I think it's more of a title they have the most amazing conversations about the Lord. 
and I've had experiences where I've had to overcome fear in areas where I was afraid of, oh my gosh, what if they affect me more than I affect them? Like God always shows up, you know? I don't have that same kind of strength. He understands an authority in an area that I didn't for a long time, and I have areas that I understand an authority that he doesn't, you know? And that's, again, why you have to work together. You know, if you're a single person here and you're not married, or if you're a widower, or if you've been divorced, you're not alone because you have this massive body of Christ here with you, helping you and guiding you. I've heard some amazing stories about what this church has done for each other. And so keep doing it, you know, keep sowing into one another and, and come to Australia and visit us. Don't say you will unless you're going to come because <laughs> we hear that all the time. And in a nice way, you know, yes, it's expensive. We might live on the beach, but we, re we rent. We can't afford to buy a house, you know, because it's expensive. But, man, we have a wonderful time where we live. And so come. Come for a mission trip. We'll take you into the indigenous lands of Australia. We'll show you what's in our nation. And, and you're welcome to come. Just do it. You know, it's that step. Take your shoes off. You know, it's sitting, sitting at the edge of a mountain and, and jumping a little bit higher than you planned. You know, as you get older, your knees don't handle that as well <laughs> you know that's what it's like sometimes you know so who here would like to go wherever God wants you to go do whatever God wants you to do be whatever God wants you to be regardless of the consequences maybe <laughs> close your hands I'm sorry close your eyes close your eyes that was quick as <laughs> Close your eyes, because you need to make sure that you're not doing anything based on what someone else thinks. Close your eyes, and now raise your hand and keep it up. Keep it up. There's still a few more that are waiting to raise their hands. Sometimes it takes a moment to think. Keep your hands up and stay in that position and, and you speak to your Heavenly Father. You've just marked yourself, basically. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for, for everyone that's said in their heart, yes, I will go. I will say what you want me to say. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. Whether I know what it looks like when, I, when you say go, I'll go anyway. Whether I know what it is to speak when you put me before great leaders and great men and women, I'll go anyway and I'll, s I'll just say the first thing that I, s that I hear. I'll speak out the first thing that I see. Lord, as a, as a dad in the faith and as an apostle, I stand with my brothers and sisters, those that are willing to go, those that have put their hands up, committing their life to the Lord. Even the ones that in their heart, they know that they were going to put their hand up, but they didn't. I just stand with them. Father, and I just, I just command that apostolic blessing 
that commissioning over every hand, over every life here today. Lord, bless them. Let that next step be one of faith, that as they step out, you just guide them. Lord, that you show them as they step, as, they, as they're ready just to put that first foot forward and as they make that step, that you would just drop into their spirit what it is they're supposed to do, where it is they're supposed to go. You know, like Dina was sharing, when, we, when God said go to America, back in 2005, we didn't know what that was going to look like. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know the provision of God over our lives. We didn't know how it was all going to happen. But that's the realm of faith. That's where God wants us to step into. You can just you can put your hands down now. But that's the realm. That's the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. That's the realm of faith that he wants us to walk in. Bible says it's impossible to please him without faith. But you know, even as as I shared about that picture of the sand, are you willing just to go to that area where that rip current just takes you into the realm of the spirit? It's like you step into it and you realize before long that you 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 actually can't stand. You're you're in water where it's over your head. But if you relax into that instead of panic then god will just take you back to the bank where you can stand but first of all he wants us to be obedient so that he can take us on that journey where he takes our feet out from under us he takes us to that place where it's not about us anymore but we have total reliance on him and his spirit so if we can just do an, a, a prophetic act here um, could we possibly have the out of respect the oldest person in the room here stand up and who we think is the youngest person the youngest youth here oldest person in the room or if they think they are I'm not trying to show anyone's age I'm just trying to bring in some honor yep and the youngest one who's the youngest one here that is in a place of knowing what they're doing a, you know a, a youth 10 11 12 13 yeah what's your name Ben how old are you Cool. What's your name, ma'am? Layla. Are you able to come out here? Can you come and join me? Can you come and join me, Ben? Just stand here and face everyone. Just stand here and face everyone. Just come over a bit closer to me. Okay. See, this is an example. This is an example of the honor that you have in this place and the mentoring and all of the ages in between. Any age, you can change your world. Any age. And so I'm going to ask you two to hold hands.
And I want you guys to release your hands out to them and your prayers out to them. Doesn't matter what your physical limitations are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're qualified. It doesn't matter whether you're capable. What matters is that God looks for people that are willing. And so we just pray right now over these two beautiful, beautiful examples of the body of Christ. And we ask you, Lord, to help them to guide others, to help them to be an example. And they are just a representation of every single person in this church of all age, from the children's church, the infant area, all the way to every single generation that's represented here, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that we stand with this church today as a prophetic act, and we recognize that this church says yes. This church says yes. Say yes, everyone. We say yes. We say yes to you, Jesus. Our spirit needs to remember the cross. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see this being as a like a, a breaking down between generations too. Like, um, you know, my generation, the millennials. No, X. Is it the Y generation? The Y? Why God? Why, why, why? Like we were, you know, a generation of unbelief. Why me, God? You know. But there's like a, um, like Dina said, it's like a prophetic sign of joining the generations that there's no... There's no, you know, we've we've always said like in the natural, there's a, such a generation gap. That's why we don't understand each other. But I want to speak over that foul thing to, today and just say that we are joining the generations. We are, God is bringing a unity between the generations. That there won't be a divide between color and race and generations and age. And, you know, even when, when Dina was sharing about um, that beat that came through Gage was picking up that beat, I, I, I heard the Lord say that there's like a, there's a, a going to come a connection through this body um, with the First Nations people as well. That there's going to be a, there's going to be a reconnection with the indigenous people as well, American Indians the indigenous and i'm not sure if there's many in this area or not i don't really know the you know the physical outworkings of that but i heard the lord say there's going to be a reconnecting with the first nation people that there's that there's a there's a um there's a body of people within the first nations people that are gonna as we join the the um generations and the races and the different um uh, different peoples together that there's going to come a revival hmm. all right then we need to activate everyone y'all need to stand up everyone everyone needs to stand up and i think this church can handle an entire circle everyone needs to go to the to the arms to the walls to the and form a massive circle facing in everyone face in a nice big circle joining our youngest and our eldest here. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. If it wasn't too chaotic, we could bring the children into this. Would you like to do that? Is it too much? 
We'll start. If you want to bring the kids into this, let's bring them in. Noise doesn't matter. Yeah? Okay. All right. We're just setting an atmosphere right now. You guys need to hold hands if you can. As, as an authority of a U.S. citizen, even though I live in Australia, um, I understand when we first came into this nation, the first thing we did, even though I'm born into America, the first thing we did was we went to the apostles of the town that we stay in and we asked them to welcome us into the city, to welcome us into the nation, to recognize them as apostles in this land. And, and it, it, it was the most beautiful time of prayer. They actually had never had anyone do that to them before. And, and so as apostles of Australia, we want to say thank you for welcoming, uh, welcoming us into your land. We want to say thank you to Pastor Eric and the team here for welcoming us into this church. But we want to release something that we've really learned in Australia, and that's that we have to honor the indigenous people. The American Indians are your indigenous people. It's not about who came first. It's about the fact that we're all equal and God created us all. But there is honor that does need to come, and it helps to cleanse the region. And that's one thing we deal with a lot in Australia because it's required by the government. In fact, it can almost be annoying because it continues to go on and on and on. And there's a surge of current generation indigenous aboriginals right now that are saying, this is enough. The white people have been apologizing to us for 20 years. It's enough. It's time to stop and time to move forward. So we just want to pray right now. And the kids will come in and they'll just join in and be a part of it. Don't be distracted by them. Hey, kids, as you're coming in, just go find your parents and stand with your parents. Just quietly join your parents. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, if we only had that much energy. That's the energy we need to run the race sometimes, you guys. It's a spirit-filled energy. Praise you, Lord. Find your parents and join your parents. Praise you, Lord. We're just all praying as one big group, Addie Grace. Is it Addie Grace? Addie. Addie Grace. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. <laughs> no, I said that wrong. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. I think we're all here, yeah? All right. All right, everyone tap in. Tap into the spirit. Recognize that you are releasing the anointing next to the person to you whose hand you're touching. You are releasing a global anointing. You're all from different places. You're all from different parts of this nation, maybe from other parts of the country, from other parts of the world. And Father God, we just thank you right now that you shift the atmosphere in Newcastle. You shift the atmosphere in this entire region that they have their authority in. You give them place as the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the missionaries, the evangelists, the pastors, the ministry of helps, the ministry of healing. Father God, you place them in your authority and that they take that step. And Lord, I pray that you open up any door for any one of these people to be able to connect with the American Indians. Help it be a door that will not be one of fear, but that one will be of the flow of the rip. We just pray over Eric right now and Karen and the leaders of this church that American Indians will come here into this church. We pray that they have an authority in this area and that in that authority they will find the connections that come their way in the rip that they flow in, Father God. And we thank you that you release ideas and creativity to them as to how to minister with the local indigenous people. And if there aren't any, well, then you will go further and find them where they are closest. I also see an open door with the Amish in this area. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you release people in this congregation to go into the Amish areas and to release your love, release your anointing, regardless of words, but as an example of your love, as an example of your love, Lord God, to break down the walls of religion. I had a word before I left Australia, and now I know why it came, and it's for your church. That Scotty and I would come here, and we would literally like, like a really strong boot camp people, <laughs> we would kick down doors of religion and we would have machine guns and it would be shooting out the word of the Lord, shooting out your anointing, shooting out spot fires, shooting out like a machine gun all over the place. And if anybody knows me personally, you know I'm not a gun person and I don't like to talk about guns, but when it comes down to it, you guys are in a nation where you have rights to that. And as you just shoot out like, the, like a machine gun would, you just shoot out authority. You shoot it out like a machine gun would, popping all over the place and releasing those spot fires in your entire entire area the power that is released from something that has ammunition you are ammunition fighters you are ammunition builders and you will actually shoot out those fires they will land and then you will be able to blow upon them angelic forces will come around them they will blow upon them on your behalf and you will see the fruit you will see the fruit of those seeds that are landing praise you lord jesus Lord, as we stand in agreement, I just release encouragement. Lord, I release your power, your power just to go through every person right now. Just release that to the person next to you and the person next to you and the person next to you, that encouragement would come for those that have been downtrodden. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Lord, that wealth would come for those that have been in poverty. Thank you, Jesus. That strongholds would be broken. Strongholds would be broken in our lives, in our minds. That the things that we've struggled with for years would just be, yeah, just like in the morning you wake up and you realize that thing is not there anymore. Just receive that. Receive that right now. Receive that. I just release that over every person here today. I release an authority that you will just step into our supernatural realm of faith where you just raise up in an authority. Oh. I just release the prophetic gifting, miracles, healings right now. Just receive it all. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Walk in it, walk in it. It takes you to step out. We are Jesus with skin on. We have to speak. We have to release it. We have to go. We have to walk. Lord, where you go, I will go. What you say, I will say. What you pray, I will pray. Lord, we just want to walk in step with you. Lord, the great commission, the co-mission with Christ. We just thank you, Lord, that we walk in that. We just release that over every person. The Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. They're scared of us. You'll realize that as soon as you, as soon as you cast one out, they freak out. When they realize what we carry inside of us, 
when you realize what you carry inside of you, demons will start to scream out. Demons will start to leave. Healing will come to many. Now, if you guys can just stay in this position and open your eyes and look at your church. The nameless and faceless generation rising up. Can you imagine if you came into this church on a Sunday and it looked like this and all the chairs were empty because everybody was out doing something? <laughs> it's not a pastor's dream to have it empty on a Sunday morning, but it certainly is a pastor's dream to see all of you activated in the call of God that's upon your life. When we do church in Australia, it's often under the stars, under a mango tree with no walls. And we're kind of um, beautifully injured in that way because we see church without walls all the time, whether they're physically there or not. So I would encourage you to see your church without walls. Yeah, what, what, we, what we do on a Sunday is just a celebration of what's happened during the week. It's that, you know, the Monday to, s to Sunday again, what we've been doing out there, that Great Commission where we go into all the world, that's where the giftings are for. You know, this is just to help raise up you leaders, this body of Christ, these great women, women and men of power. It's just to get you connected. It's like, like Dina said, it's like boot camp where you just get the weapons of our warfare. That's what the, you know, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, the, the Bible says that those giftings are to see the body built up, to see the body come to the unity of the faith which we haven't seen yet have we so if you're wondering about whether those apostolic prophetic pastoral evangelist teacher gifts are still active for today yep they are because we haven't come to the unity of the faith yet so take the fire that you have today take it out into your workplace take it out into the marketplace take it out and release it Step out. Do something you've never done before. Pray for someone if you've never prayed for someone before. Watch a miracle take place. If you know someone who's sick, lay hands on them and watch, watch something happen. If it doesn't happen, you know, the Bible talks about when Jesus went out, he could do no miracles in his own hometown because of their unbelief. Don't take it on and go, oh, I'm, I'm no good. I can't do that like you do it. It's not about, it's not about that. You know, some people will receive us. Some people won't. But you go out and take that fire and, and light such a, such a brush fire that it takes over this area that people start to talk about Newcastle, Indiana. <laughs> 